Welcome to Muffliato, a Harry Potter podcast where we fill your ears to prevent you from hearing nearby conversations. I'm Josh. And I'm Blake. And today, Josh and I make our wands look presentable as we continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and come now to the 18th chapter, The Weighing of the Wands. Now, Josh, this seems like a very sort of, I don't know, more just like a, I don't know, superficial ceremony. It doesn't seem like there's much to this. I do like how Ollivander comes back into this chapter, though. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting. And I, I think, you know, just a little bit of, of foreshadowing, which we'll talk about later between two great wand makers. But, you know, the other thing that we see here is that the Triwizard Tournament, um, far more than being about true wizarding skill, is all about entertainment. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's um, it's what sporting events are in the bottom line, uh, much more than being athletic competitions. They are entertainment for the people who watch. Um, that's why the photographer is there. That's why Rita Skeeter is there. Uh, and that's why her story has uh, some holes in it, as we'll come to see. <laughs> <laughs> Holes. That is a, a very uh, interesting way of putting putting that. Uh, we're talking about Rita Skeeter's articles. Um, yeah, I uh, I think that it makes a lot of sense that it is entertainment based. Like that's that is the purpose. So you've got to get your photos. You've got to look good. Definitely, definitely. I feel like the others get a little bit cut um, oh, uh, when yeah. <laughs> uh, when they are. Uh, I love it because I think it explicitly mentions that. Yeah, they like they're not their names are not even spelled right, and I'm like. Talk yeah, so the like the journalistic the two integrity. foreign yeah yeah the two foreign champions have their names misspelled and Cedric is left off completely. So yeah, um, well done to the Daily Prophet for that. <laughs> you think that's that's so bad? Like it's like they, they you know they obviously they they're talking about like Victor Crumb as well, and you think how is Victor Crumb's name spelled wrong considering he was like you know like Bulgaria's footage oh, like a seeker. That's he a was, great point. It's the, they've probably it's, already done articles about him, right? Yeah, it's it just yeah, just copy and paste, copy and paste, yeah, people. Yeah. We're we're these uh, fact oh. checkers, but clearly, maybe they just technology and magic, man. Technology yes, and magic. Technology and magic. Yeah, there's no um Microsoft Word spell checker, but I mean, I'm pretty sure they've well, they do have quills that correct spelling, but unfortunately, she's not using one of those quills. She is using her lovely little quick quotes quill uh, that uh, gets uh, definitely everybody into trouble. I think, aside from uh, that fun thing we also have more of moody ron in this chapter uh don't we i mean like moody ron is probably our favorite character yeah and and we really need to savor it blake because <laughs> as the uh as the battle with the horn tail comes quickly approaching yes um, we're gonna have to say goodbye to moody ron <sighs> for a while for a, for a while until like a whole other book and that's just yeah so it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be sad to see him go um or happy Depends. Yeah, like I, I'm not even sure when the next time we really see Moody Ron is because, you know, while while he certainly has some uh, disputes with Hermione in Half Blood Prince, it, Ron is not Moody. Ron is in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think I think Moody Ron comes back out in the uh, in the final and uh, seventh book. Oh, that's his um, that's his greatest performance, right? That there. is yeah. that is the yeah. greatest Moodyest Ron. Uh, that we that we can see. Um, so, yeah, m- this Moody Ron will evolve uh, to become a new Moody Ron uh, that uh, you know tops uh, everything off. And so, uh, I mean, that is that is that. But uh, if we haven't, if we if the listeners are not sure what's going on, how about we we break down the chapter? You you give us our chapter summary, and then we'll see where uh, Ron's been the moodiest. Perfect. The morning brings a fresh reminder of his argument with Ron. Harry wakes up with his best friend already gone. Well, it kind of rhymed. I didn't even mean that. 
Love it. As he enters the common room, the Gryffindors cheer him loudly. Another reaction he dreads. Thankfully, at the portrait, Hermione greets him with a plate of toast and the offer of a walk around the lake. On their walk, Hermione assures him that she believes his story and knows that he could not enter himself. She also suggests that Ron's reaction is more due to jealousy than real disbelief of his friend. Finally, she advises him to send a letter updating his godfather. Hermione reasons that it is better for Sirius to hear the news from Harry rather than from the Daily Prophet. Harry tries to keep a low profile during lessons, but this proves to be a lost cause. Herbology with the Hufflepuffs is particularly challenging, especially considering his normal friendship with the house. Hufflepuffs, who feel that the glory of Hogwarts is rarely theirs, feel as though Harry has subverted their and Cedric's chance at representing the school. Later, in Care of Magical Creatures, Hagrid also affirms Harry's story, but he endures further insults from the Slytherins. If the attention he received in the greenhouses was bad, Snape's dungeons offered no relief. Here, Draco begins to hand out buttons which show magical messages of support Cedric Diggory and Potter stinks. A duel breaks out between Draco and Harry, but rather than their spells reaching each other, Goyle and Hermione are caught in the crossfire. Hermione's front teeth begin to grow at a begin to grow to preposterous size and when harry and ron appeal to snape he snidely comments that he sees no change hermione runs away distressed while harry and ron's outburst earn them detention with their least favorite professor as snape begins to teach about antidotes colin creevy arrives at the door to escort harry to a photo opportunity with the other champions once he arrives he is informed that this is a more significant event than merely a photo shoot. In addition to the expected guests, Ollivander, the famed wand maker, is also here. Before the proper ceremony begins, a reporter from the Daily Prophet, Rita Skeeter, pulls Harry aside for an interview. For privacy's sake, she drags him by the elbow into a broom closet. More abrasive still than her personality is the magical quill, which seems to attribute motives and emotions to Harry's words automatically. Mr. Ollivander examines the wands of the four champions to ensure that they are in working condition and will not give the champions any issues in the tasks. Afterwards, Ron informs Harry that their detention with Snape has been set. Without another word, he leaves the table, and Harry has to quickly decide between reading a reply from Sirius and going after Ron. His godfather has asked to arrange a fireplace meeting and is concerned about Harry's participation, although Moody and Dumbledore's presence is somewhat comforting awesome well first off i think you need to try and make these uh all rhyme i think you need to make the summaries all rhyme i think the that first sentence was great and uh we need more of that so maybe if uh in future josh some of these chapter summaries could just all be rhymed i think that would be just an epic poem just an epic some <laughs> poem of summation there you go um oh, how good would that be but secondly, uh, man, how ruthless is Snape in this chapter? Yeah. This this comment that he makes makes me think, why on earth is he a teacher? Like, 
he must just like loathe Hermione. Like it just, mm-hmm. and and for a teacher to like say that to a student, it just seems like there would be repercussions to that. You know, like what if Hermione? Like I mean, she has no sort of magical, you know, family is you know in already in the wizarding community that might be able to kick up a fuss. But you imagine that like if she told her like you know family about this, that they they would be like outraged. Like that would be like a horrible thing and there'd have to be some mm. kind of consequence yeah yeah I, can, I can't help but think that and this isn't by no means a justification but i can't help but think that the the way that teaching and and uh, teachers interactions with students is described at hogwarts is very much the old style seen in in british schools right like this is yeah. written in the 90s um and really probably has more to do with the 60s 70s and 80s than it does with the 2000s and 2010s um, that is true. And, and and i think that you know certainly from what other pop culture of those times would lead us to believe his behavior is you know yes appalling but not unusual if that makes sense yeah no no it does uh it, it's just quite a bit jarring you know when you read it and you think that that's ruthless for just this like you know maybe self-conscious girl like growing up and no doubt uh, yeah you yeah. just think man that's that's damaging so uh, a bit rough there but you know hermione is amazing she um yeah i mean she doesn't take it on the chin she does does go off crime but uh i she think takes um, it in the teeth <laughs> She does. She does. Uh, and uh, so obviously here we get, uh, you know, hashtag Moody Ron. Uh, so he's he's back. And um, yeah, I, I didn't realize that we only have Moody Ron for like a few chapters. Uh, you know, it's going to be pretty, pretty close. I think uh, maybe two or three chapters out from the first task. And uh, and then after that, I think Ron comes around to his senses or at least he gets shocked out of hey his jealousy you know that that's not warranted because because i think ron if he had suppressed that jealousy would have the same reaction as hermione did in this you know like he just she just trusted him and much like you know hagrid um and it's just that that natural trust of your friend but uh unfortunately ron's jealousy kind of gets in the way and just sort of steers him in other directions but i mean Hermione's such a great friend here but you do, and and it's it's mentioned in the chapter. You do miss Ron, and Harry misses Ron, and kind of that dynamic that his friendship brings with Harry. That's right, that's right. And and I think one of the ways that we see that, and I mentioned it already, um, is that Harry is finding himself spending a lot of time in a place where um, previously he, he dared not enter, um, and that would be the library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he and libraries don't really go together. Um, but uh, I tell you who who libraries go with Victor Crumb. You know he seems to Victor be Crumb. loving loving all the books. You know definitely no other motives. Uh, he seems to be loving getting his uh, head stuck into the books. Yeah, exactly. And and I think you know with Victor Crumb, um, you know, as much as we might find out later the real reason, the ultimate reason why he was in the library. Um, I think we have to recognize that that he is more than than just a um, athletic superstar, right? He seems mm. to be by his abilities in the tournament and by what Hermione will say later, uh, a pretty thoughtful and and talented and studious um, wizard, but but he's there for other reasons right now. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. And we'll uh, we'll learn about those, <laughs> Hermione, uh, a little bit uh, a little bit later on. But looking at the uh, the chapter as a whole, Josh, what sort of um, you know themes come out that we uh, that we see in this? Yeah, but like, I think the big theme that we see here, um, and this is seen from a couple perspectives, um, is the idea of alienation, alienation. Okay. Um, and in that's something the most obvious example is what, what Harry feels, right? He hmm. feels alienated from Ron. He feels alienated even from the Gryffindors because, you know, they see this as just a, a chance to cheer him and have joy, but, but Harry feels no joy. And so he doesn't actually connect with his own house over this issue. Yeah. Um, he feels alienated from the Hufflepuffs um, who, who'd always been, you know, certainly seems like the, the closest house to the Gryffindors. And then obviously um, he is alienated uh, most severely from the Slytherins and and the way that they are starting to influence the rest of the school with their Potter Stinks badges. Yeah, which are pretty cool, by the way. I mean, if we if pretty we cool piece of magic. Yeah, if we just look at the magic itself. Obviously, I'm not I'm not so keen on on dissing people with these uh, these magical objects. But you know, as far as it goes, like I'm surprised we don't see more of this kind of you know these cool badges like like why why aren't the prefect badges somewhat magical you know like wouldn't wouldn't that be cool like i know they uh i think fred and george you know bewitch i think uh, is it the prefect badge um and uh and so you know you could you could you know bewitch these certain objects but i just like that they've got like a little bit of magic quality to them that they can actually change and things like that i just feel like you know let's let's get to have magic on more more things uh you know why not on the hogwarts like robes or things like that you know um, I just got this weird thought of uh, the Hunger Games, and uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the Hunger Games, Josh, but uh, the uh, they've got these Katniss's robes sort of turned to fire, and it's just beautiful, and there's oh, flames everywhere. Yeah. And I just think, where's where's this lovely like kind of you know? Uh, I feel like making clothing quite magical. Like there's there's almost like a missed opportunity. Uh, I feel like in the movies they they show that I think the uh, Beaubaton school has the like the birds as they come in like the birds fly out and I don't know if that's like flying out from their like their dresses as they come in gracefully mm. uh, to the school but you know that type of magic you know that's that's the that's the sort of stuff that I'd be keen to see where you've sort of got it sort of uh, as part of your clothing but that is uh, way off topic uh, but uh, <laughs> way off topic but we're here, but here for it we're here that's for it like but you know, side tracks. That's kind of what we do. We uh, we go down these little paths, and uh, and then we have to quickly run back onto the main path. But yeah, so speaking of those, um, speaking of those badges, obviously Harry's uh, getting a little bit, a little bit dissed, and uh, he and uh, he and Draco have a bit of an altercation, uh, and I think he's just got all this sort of pent up frustration. And when you know, when Draco's there calling. Hermione and Mudblood, it kind of just puts them over the, uh, the the edge and all of a sudden it comes out, they have a little bit of a fight. Um, there's a few couple couple spells they use that we'll, we'll, we can mention later, but it's just real interesting that, you know, he finally does have a little break a bit and sort of goes, no, I need to take action. Like, you know, this is just annoying. Draco can't do this. Um, and uh, it just goes to show, I feel like Harry can suppress a lot more if it's just him 
like if it's just you know people attacking him you know potter stinks potter stinks all these sorts of things he can deal with that but when it comes over to his friends i just i don't know i just feel like that's a, a nice little character moment there that um you know he's kind of protecting hermione he's kind of sick of all of this uh you know going on to his friend mm, yeah well and it's it's one of those things that um really does show how how alone uh, he is. It's it's almost like he and Hermione against the world at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly against the school, like because everybody's mm. like in favor of Hufflepuff, um, and uh, nobody is nobody's supporting him except Gryffindor. But I, I don't think Harry wants any of that. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, he, yeah, that's right. Like the yeah. like the way that Gryffindor would be supportive would be feeling a similar level of outrage and wanting to, um, you know, be comforting to Harry. He doesn't want the the loud cheers right now. No, he does not. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I just I feel like a lot would be going through Harry's head with with everything, his relationships with others, and how this is, yeah, not not good. Like everybody's seeing him as some kind of attention seeker when that is the last thing that he is because this is essentially a life-threatening thing that's happened yeah. to him yeah. and someone's put him in here and uh, once again he, they have not come up with a plan nor realized that he should just back out of these tasks rather than going through with them but hey we see with ron how uh, the the jealousy uh there that continues to deepen and uh, that relationship kind of gets more fragmented a little bit more broken as uh, ron kind of comes away and there's a few moments in this chapter where they feel like they're going to connect, you know, with the uh, going after Snape together and the things like that. And and Rowling does that great where it's not just like, you know, one sort of, I'm not talking to you, that's it. Like, there's just little moments. There's little moments where their old relationship kind of comes back to the surface, which is just really nice. But uh, it sort of stops. And then, yeah, we, we know that that's sort of getting worse, but it, it's going to get better soon. And Hermione, I love how uh, in this chapter, you know, She's she's a clever girl. She knows not to get in between uh, Harry and Ron's drama. Uh, to be, you know, she doesn't want to be the owl uh, like that. Sort of is sending messages. That's being that sort of messenger mm. between the two, um, and that shows wisdom. Yeah, it does show wisdom. And, and I think just quickly back to Ron, what's what's notable is that the thing that would normally bring them back together, you know, a mutual friend being attacked um, actually doesn't do that. Right. And it, it just shows how far apart they really are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so um, one of the things that Hermione is, is able to do here, like you mentioned is, is, you know, walk that middle path um, and, and be able to, to stay somewhat friends with, with both of the students. Although it certainly seems like she spends more time with Harry. Um, yes yeah i think out of compassion out of care for him right yeah i mean you know he is the one that is getting all this attention and is probably feeling the most sort of alone and singled out whereas like ron can kind of jump in with dean and seamus you know and like kind of just sort of hang out with them uh, which would be interesting wouldn't wouldn't you be keen to see like a couple chapters of you know what it's like ron hanging out Dean and Seamus uh, and just what they get up to at, uh, at their breaks and, you know, after their sub, uh, sort of subjects and the classes finish, what, what do they do? Uh, and uh, what's Ron like, you know, is, is Ron just moody with them as well uh, while he's just brooding 
going over this uh, feud with Harry or uh, or is he, you know, having lots of fun and, uh, you know, maybe maybe they get up to mischief. Who knows what, what Dean and Seamus do when we're not reading pages about Harry and Ron and Hermione. I, I would love to see that, Blake. That sounds like a bit of a sitcom. You know, I think um, Seamus probably think so. is blowing up things constantly. Um, Ron, Ron all of a sudden goes from being the maybe the least interesting character of um, his threesome into being the the most interesting character with Dean and Seamus. They <laughs> seem a little bit one dimensional. I think so. I'd so. be there for that. I feel like if we're looking at a sitcom like that, I feel like uh, if we compare it to like Friends, I think that Seamus would probably be the sort of the Joey, uh, the very sort mm. of goofy character, maybe always hurting himself. Obviously, we see that there's there's that sort of comic relief there uh, that Seamus is always hurting himself, and uh, and then we get Dean, who's maybe always harping on about uh, uh, just normal football. Uh, you know, no, non-magical sports there. And uh, and then, yeah, I think Ron would be the star. Uh, and, uh, you know, we could we could feature his uh, his family in some fun episodes. So so there's a there's a little sitcom there. I would I would love to see Harry Potter as a whole sort of take on as a as a sitcom. I think that would be pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I think I think that needs to happen. Like maybe maybe you could get into some some <laughs> script writing, start uh, sort of drafting some things there. There's, honestly, there's probably a bunch of fans out there that have that have already done that, you know, that that have uh, really d- sort of dove deep into the world of uh, yeah fan fiction, fan scripts, and being like, I've created a story, and it's like, will they ever see the light of day? Who knows? Maybe in some budget YouTube recreation, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see. So we yeah we talk about Severus Snape making that ruthless comment. I think that shows a lot about kind of who he is and what he's willing to do i think that's a bit rough um and uh yeah it's a bit a bit rough on uh, hermione but we do see that something good comes out of this uh and i believe we have to wait until the yule ball chapter in order to for it to be explained um or maybe it's a bit before that where uh, harry and ron kind of notice Hermione's teeth and how they're actually a little bit straighter than than before, a little bit smaller than before. And I thought, clever piece of magic, you know. I always always like that uh, Hermione sort of let Madame Pomfrey shrink her teeth down yeah. just a little bit more. Well, it's one of those things, you know. Snape, Snape is uh, outwardly and obviously um, rude about uh, Hermione's teeth, but uh, Harry and Ron don't notice anything. Uh, which is a bit embarrassing oh, yeah. and a bit yeah. of an indictment yeah. on uh, 15 year old men or young men. <laughs> that's, that's so true. Be a little bit more uh, kind of uh, vigilant and on those things or observant, I should probably say. But uh, uh, in this chapter, we have Rita Skeeter. I mean, that's she's um, introduced big, big character. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big character introduction. Um, we've heard of Rita Skeeter, right? She's been set up uh, at the start or around, um, you know, when the ministry sort of had their uh, debacle at the Quidditch World Cup. So we've obviously heard her name. We're sort of not really, you know, she's not been shone on the right light if that makes sense she she you know has a sort of a negative thing around her and we know why now um and uh, i you know that quick quotes quill that comes out and is writing all sorts of things uh by itself uh, on its own you kind of understand how rita skeeter has these kind of very crazy articles that come out and uh yeah and how people don't like her yeah and, and we see also an interesting reaction um, and interaction with dumbledore as well 
um, and Dumbledore always gracious, always yes. um, oh, very, so very calm. I, I enjoyed that um, and managed to uh, rescue Harry as as well. Yeah, I don't know if it's the exact. It's like delightfully nasty or something like that. It's just yes, he yes. he has such a lovely way with words to uh, almost be like truthful, uh, but also make sure that uh, you know he's getting his point across that uh, he's not the biggest fan of Rita Skeeter and her work. Uh, but we'll get more of Rita Skeeter. Um, she does become a she. She is sort of like a, a side plot story for um some things that happen and uh but that's kind of sort of given up in the movie she's not as big as she is in the book which is which is a lot for these these side characters that usually happens yeah no i think i think that's one of the reasons every every movie fan of harry potter should read or listen to the books is yeah. so that they can um become acquainted with these amazing side characters that's actually a really good point. You know, a, a lot of the, you know, you you do hear like, oh, you should read the book. You should read the book, you know, and, and people go like, oh, no, you know, the movie's fine and, and all that. And then, you know, more movie people. And that makes sense. I'm I'm like that in a lot of ways as well. But I think that's such a great thing that you've got, um, you, you do have like a focus on the actual, uh, focus on the actual side characters that's where sometimes jumping into a book you're able to to get more information on them and they really are fleshed out which is which is really cool so there's Rita Skeeter there we do have a few extra mentions of characters uh, like good old Bozo the uh, photographer for the Daily Prophet um, you know he not much needed be talked about there Fleur's Vila grandmother finally actually we do get that connection that she is related to a Vila um, and a descendant uh, and has Vila in her but Grigorovich so Grigorovich was uh, the the wand maker of Victor Crumb's wand a highly acclaimed European wand maker and he's the one that actually owned the elder wand and bragged about it only to see it stolen by Grindelwald. Mm, yeah, which eventually we see those scenes in Harry's mind as he's accessing um, Voldemort's emotions mm. later on in, in the final book. And so I'm definitely going to come back to play um, all these issues once again. Um, and that's just a little bit of foreshadowing. We won't mention it properly in um, the foreshadowing section. We'll mention it now. And um, that all of this talk about wand lore um, does plant the seed and remind us that wands are important. And, yeah. and it sometimes might seem like a... Uh, it comes out of nowhere in the final book, just how important wands are. But this is a reminder here of the fact that wand magic is is really, really um, complicated and old and um, deep magic. It's yes. not just like a summoning charm. It really is going into magical creatures like Vila and yeah. um, unicorns and phoenixes. And, and it really is important, as, as we'll come to see uh, later. Well, speaking of wands and magic that come from them, in world building, we have a couple of spells. This is between Harry and uh, and uh, Draco Malfoy's uh, fight that they did. But uh, we see a, a pimple jinx, um, which is the fununculus curse. Um, I think that was the one that Harry might have used, fununculus. Um, and then Dinswego is a hex that causes teeth to elongate at a grotesque alarming rate. Clearly, this is what uh, Draco used and it, uh, it got Hermione. So two spells that we have for you. I don't think we've seen those before um, or heard of those before. Um, so those are the, some spells that are introduced. Then obviously these cool magical badges that we talked about. I'd love to get my hands on one. Not the Pot of Stinks ones, but you know something else. 
and uh, the quick quotes quill, which is kind of an interesting sort of device. I don't think that would be the best for reporters of this day to have a quick quote quill. I think they already do it, Blake. <laughs> I was waiting for something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's so, one of those things that uh, we we often see less and less reporting and more and more opinionating. So yes, um, I, yeah, I that is that so a blurring of the line. That is so true, and uh, I with as uh, also more more and more spelling mistakes. I feel like in New Zealand, mm. uh, oh you know, man, stuff yeah. lot of spelling mistakes. So called I think out that, on Muffly Auto. We are about to get top ten worst podcast. We're on that list on stuff. No, there you go. But um, oh man, yeah, definitely. Funny. So so. Uh, Interesting, interesting little kind of piece of magical device, but um, definitely a negative one in the hands of, I think, Rita Skeeter. And I th- I almost yeah. feel like it takes on her personality. Mm. You know, imagine it's almost like a little, like eh, this would be, if Rita Skeeter wanted to live on forever, this would be her Horcrux, would be a quick quotes quill. And uh, and it would be a very interesting one and see to see what it writes. But I feel like it does almost take on the style of the the author kind of the who owns it so I, I imagine for someone who is a very you know maybe investigative journalist and is, is really great in the wizarding world i think the quick quotes quill wouldn't be this crazy and so that's just my thought anyway but those are kind of the the big world building elements uh, that, that we see looking at foreshadowing josh i think i don't know about you one of the things that i feel like I'd probably put down as probably summoning charms. I know Harry's not mm-hmm. really getting it at the moment, but it's being introduced now so that it can be used in, in you know, next chapter and obviously the first task chapter and where that's actually going to come in handy, where Harry actually needs to kind of knuckle down and learn this. And that's next chapter, but we do see it introduced here. Yeah, and this is going to be um, one one example that we'll see in the next chapter of of just how I guess how the rules are are kind of bended and massaged as far as who receives help from whom. Um, and mm. and Harry Harry is going to be receiving his fair share of help. Although in his defense, um, he probably doesn't receive the most help, um, at least openly. Um, but he doesn't yeah, receive the least. So. That would probably be Cedric. <laughs> yeah, I know, which is a bit rough. And uh, and then we eventually get Harry, who's sort of helping Cedric out as well. Um, yeah. But that help comes back to him, which is uh, is much much needed for Harry and sorting out the egg clue. But yeah, so we we obviously get that um, significance wise. I mean, this as as we get closer to the first task, I think we get ha- Harry being a little bit more anxious. Um, he's a little bit more nervous. And uh, hashtag Moody Ron. You know, he's he's still moody. Moody Ron. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's what we get. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. To support the podcast and keep the magic alive, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also support us financially at buymeacoffee.com forward slash mufflyoutopod and to send us questions on our Instagram, email or website, mufflyoutopodcast.com. To continue the adventure, join us next time as we discuss the 19th chapter of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Hungarian Horntail.